Just stealing. Woo! Wheeling, dealing. Limousine lights. Jet flying. Son of a gun. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. I need you to give me a huge favor. Take your name off your phone. My wife went through my phone. In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. It looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Vodmarsh is saying no, mate. But I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery. I'm sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he, when he got up after scoring that draw. Welcome to the Dummy M. Thanks for joining us. I am B-Row with my good friend T-Dog. How are you, buddy? Doing well, B-Row, uh, as always. Counting down, I think we've got five weeks to go until bub number two, so mm-hmm. uh, we're just about on the home stretch. Okay. Now, I know you've been batching it this week, and you were telling me before that you've been putting some serious time into, I mean, you've got a baby coming in five weeks. Yes. I would have thought maybe reading up on babies or parenting and things like that. What have you been investing your time in? Well, you thought wrong. That's definitely not <laughs> what I've been doing. I uh, have been taking the opportunity to invest heavily in some PlayStation time. Okay. <laughs> you didn't tell me what game you've been playing. Uh, Far Cry 6. So oh. I've been enjoying that. I've been lucky enough to get uh, get a PlayStation 5 for my birthday this year. So, uh, yeah, no, it's. Um, I've got to admit it has been nice. Okay. But it will also be nice when my wife and daughter return home from nice save there, uh, yeah, visiting. Um, we just spent uh, time with her family, Ken's 70th. I made the shout-out last week. Yep. So, yeah, we were down in Harvey Bay, and, uh, yeah, it was nice. But every now and then a bit of alone time is nice too. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we should jump into the show, mate, because we have a joke off today. We have comedian Stephanie Broadbridge taking on commentator extraordinaire Bob Warren. Yes. We also have Australian comedy legend. I'm very excited. Ostentatious. Mm-hmm. My favourite comedian. Well, we've seen him live. Yes. 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 Yeah, up so, here in Gladstone. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Mm, and Mick Meredith is back. He's got a fantastic song, country song, a little bit of a jingle right at the end of the show. Make sure you check that out. And I think we're also going to get a tip for the Melbourne Cup. Oh, yes, we are yes, too. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine, Ron, who worked for Liquor and Gaming, he's going to tell us all about it. And he knows gambling. Trust me on that one. <laughs> However, our three nominees this week, we have the NRL for not enforcing the COVID shot. We have Jordan Rapinar for his DUI. And we have Ben Simmons doing the wrong thing still. This has been dragging out, this whole basketball fiasco. But we should jump into the first one, buddy. And who is it? You mentioned it's the NRL and their stance on the COVID vaccine. Okay, so you put this one forward, all right? I personally have a bit of a different stance on this. I'm really interested in hearing your argument. You want to nominate them for being dumb for not enforcing this. Yeah, well, no, I I don't think it's dumb for not enforcing it. Mm -hmm. I think it's dumb for being indecisive. Okay. I think they're a bit like the AFL... Although I think the AFL have made their decision. No, they came out and went bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the NRL seem to be standing back a little bit and just saying, well, let's just see how it all the dust settles. Yeah. My issue is with the double standards. So the expectation of all governments as it currently stands, Mm -hmm. we're coming towards the end of October, it might be different by the time March rolls around, that everyone involved or everyone coming to watch the game everyone um, involved with working at the grounds and all that kind of stuff must, must be double vaxxed. Mm -hmm. Yet players aren't. Yep, I understand they live in a bubble. I get it. I get it. But you can't have, to me, you can't have double standards. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I personally think that they can't cover every issue. Like, I hate the NRLs just become... Like, for example, we're both teachers. Yes. Teachers are not the Facebook police, right? No. Parents can't come to school and go, oh, these kids bullying my kid online. You know, like, well, I mean, they can, but we then say, well, you need to take that up with the police because that's an outside matter. And I just think the NRL is not the one-stop shop for 
everything. No, you're okay? right. Okay, I'm really in favour of the NRL pushing this back onto the clubs yep. and going, no, you deal with this because it should be an in-house matter, okay, and you can do it quietly. Because the reality is, let's just say you've got, say, 400 players, yeah. right, 10%, okay, might say, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Yeah. That's 40 players. That means if the media so chose, they could actually do one story for basically six weeks straight. So one day they do one guy who won't get vaccinated, yeah. then they do the next guy. Yes. And it is just black eye after black eye after black eye for the NRL. And so I can understand why they're just like, you know what, you're all adults, why don't the clubs deal with it and we want to stay out of this? Because all the clubs are going to enforce it. They are. Yeah. So the NRL doesn't need to be in this fight. That's why, yeah, I'm sort of on their side of like, if it was me, no, I would want nothing to do with it because it's just a PR nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I mm. think you've, you've actually put a, a good point forward. I, I'm really intrigued. Uh, the one that's coming out this week who's been adamant that he's definitely not getting it is Nelson Asofa Solomona from, from The Storm. The, the Storm. Yep, yep. He's openly said, I'm not getting it. So mm. it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Like you say, it might be about 10%, so 40 players. Mm-hmm. So does that mean they can't come into games? Can they not play? Does that mean that they don't get paid so their contracts are reduced? Mm. Or do they go and you know train by themselves but they're allowed to play on game day because everyone else is in a bubble? I, like There's all these complexities that I, I legitimately am intrigued to see play out. That is one of the rules they have. So you can't train with the fellas, yeah. but you can actually run onto the field yeah. and you can actually play. Yeah. But look, I, I'm actually in favour of the NRL okay. here. Push it onto the clubs. I think the best way to sum, the sort of sums it up is like, I don't know if you ever saw that meme where, and it's like someone picking up a box and it goes, save your back, you know, get yeah, somebody yeah. else to do, do it. it yeah. make, make this the club's headache, yeah. honestly. And besides, we don't know because the vaccine is very new. We don't know how it's going to react with, you know, the rampant alcoholism, cocaine, yeah. steroids. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we don't know what it's going to do to these players, yeah, do we? Yeah, you yeah know? that's right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think it's a smart decision. Okay. Yeah. Because you're, I won't say an anti-vaxxer. You're not an anti-vaxxer. You just, you're not for this COVID shot, are you? I'm not in favour of it. I yep. went to get it on Thursday. Did you? And they turned me away. Is that right? Because yeah. you're sick? Yeah, because of my chest infection. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So I've got another week yeah, right. know, before I get it. Yeah. And, so, yeah. so for our listeners out there, be and myself have had several discussions about getting the shot or mm. not uh, for months now. Yep. I often I battled with it because we had a baby on the way yep. and wasn't sure about do I get it? My wife is the same, being pregnant, you know, all those kinds of things. Anyway, I'm double vaxxed. I've got it done. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that you went in to get it. Oh, the only reason is is because of the army. Yeah, right. I'm okay. in the army reserves yeah. and I want to do cool stuff in the army reserves. Yeah. And you can't. Like anywhere I want to go, if I want to travel, if I want to go on courses. My course coming up in February is in Victoria. And I'm going to need to be vaxxed to cross yep. the border. So, so really, I guess the ultimate reason I did it was because there's so much drinking and fun, you know, <laughs> that, we, that we get up to. Yeah. So I wanted to go away with the army. And Well, I think you've just sold it to the NRL players right there. <laughs> <laughs> and our good friend of the show, Julia Wilson, joins us again to give us her hot take on the week that was in sport. G'day, fellas. It's lovely to be back. We're going to start with Mike Tyson going to fight Logan Paul. Now, not going to lie, I hate Logan Paul. Hate him. Hate him from the top of his little head to the point of his little tail. Mike Tyson, I'm not a massive fan, but man, I love watching that guy box. I will get popcorn, pizza, Coke. I'm going to have a little day of it, and it's going to be better than the first time that Mike Tyson made a comeback and lasted 32 seconds in the first round. That was the best $25 pay-per-view I've ever had. Come on, boys! It's Melbourne Cup time again, and whether you're a horse race enthusiast or whether you, in fact, hate horse racing, 
the spectacle of drunk bogans getting into their best gear and making absolute dicks in themselves is always hilarious. But this year, the cup is being threatened by a massive weather storm cell that's coming through. Melbourne, I don't know who you've offended, I don't know what gods you upset, but so far in the last couple of years, you've had droughts, you've had bushfires, you had COVID worse than anyone else, you had earthquakes, guys. If you get a tornado coming through there, just pop on some, I don't know, Bushmans, because the locusts are coming, good luck in the race. And finally, good old Penrith, back in the news, because Nathan Cleary's Clive Churchill medal has been stripped, as the media like to report, stripped away from him. Yes, the NRL asked for it back because they did, in fact, engrave it incorrectly. And it is taking them an awful long time to give it back to him with the correct engraving. But I don't really think there's much of a story there. The only one I found out that the engraving started out as a mess up. Instead of saying Nathan Cleary, they started as Ivan Cleary because his name was on the list and the engraver got distracted and ended up typing in Ivan Malat. And oh my God, would I pay some money to have a Clive Churchill medal with Ivan Malat's name on it. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Dummy M Podcast. Brought to you by the biggest dummies around, Biro and T-Dog. Well, this is an absolute fanboy moment for me because this guy is my favourite comedian in all of Australia. I've probably seen him live minimum of 10 times. I love his delivery. He is an icon in the industry. Released Australiana in 1983, so we're coming up on 40 years. Yeah, wow. Gentleman is an icon, a legend. Welcome to the show, Austin Tatius. My, my pleasure, mate. Thanks for the intro. You're right, though. I am an icon. <laughs> <laughs> now, Austin, I want to jump straight into your filmmaking, mate. You've uh, made quite a few documentaries. Tell us all about them. The latest one is called Ostentatious Skin in the Game, and it basically covers 40 years of my career, upsetting everyone and pissing people off. And um, it's, it's, it's predominantly on the road, but there's a lot of box pops as well. And uh, You mentioned that your, your film is focusing on pissing people off and annoying them for the past 40 years. How are you going to shorten that down to just an hour and a half? <laughs> It is a difficult proposition, but uh, luckily we've got a good editor, and uh, he's the guy that cut Heaven's Gate. So uh, he's he's a guy who knows you know, how to get around a big fucking mess. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, you've actually made some serious documentaries as well. You made one about in tribute to your father, who was a Holocaust survivor, correct? Yeah, it was part of a series that Paul Fennick did, uh, the guy that um, directed my Tropfest film, uh, um, Intolerance. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that also did the pizza series and um, the courier thing and... Uh, a lot of other SBS rubbish, but he uh, <laughs> he directed my thing. He directed my Tropfest when we won that Tropfest, and uh, so he, he, we went to Poland together. And it's a very interesting documentary. I think you can access it on on the internet. Do yeah. they have the internet in the middle of Queensland? There, we yes, do actually. actually. We got it last we week. Also, we yeah. also don't have COVID, which is great too. <laughs> which is good. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, being Anastasia, what do you? How do you pronounce it? Palachuk. Uh, that might be the Aussie pronunciation, though. <laughs> no, I think I think that's the correct Polish pronunciation. But she changed it to the French pronunciation, Palachai, which is all bullshit. But um, <laughs> anyway, look, she's not in the. Same both that Gladys is right now. I do feel sorry for Gladys. I also feel sorry for Anastasia Palyachuk for changing her name to Palaszczuk. <laughs> B-Row mentioned at the start that Australiana, 1983, that was also the year I was born. So I'm also approaching 40. How? Really? Yes, yeah. Does it does it feel like 40 years, Austin? It's gone pretty quick. And um, so that's something to keep in mind, guys, because, you know, 
you know, very invincible at the moment, but um, turning into a dust bag very shortly. So <laughs> it, uh, it, it doesn't last long. But no, it, well, it, it's gone fast, but it's, it's been, look, I must say, you know, uh, looking back and from my deathbed, it would be, you know, I'd be saying something like, oh, I've had a good life, man, I've had a really good life, whatever that means. And, uh, you know, good on Julia Roberts. But the thing is, um, <laughs> the... Uh, the world is your oyster, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've uh, I've done what I wanted to do. I've upset just about everyone in the country. So um, nice. Been fully rewarding, yeah, for an intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine Austin that you get a lot of hecklers. Do you always get that one jabroni that walks past and go, "Hey, Austin, how much can a koala bear?" And do you just want to yeah, throw I get, them? I get that. I got that. In, I actually, I got that in Macy's in New York once. You know, he was on the other escalator. Hey, what are you doing here, Austin? What are you doing? What are you doing in New York? And uh, you know, uh, the, the, but the one I love the most is you didn't even write Australia. That's Billy Birmingham. And uh, so that, that's what I get every single show. Just about is, is one idiot that uh, thinks he's been a smartass. And uh, you didn't even write it, mate. You didn't write that thing. You know, you didn't even write it. So did Frank Sinatra write my way? But uh, <laughs> the thing is. Um, the thing is that uh, there's always there is always a fucking idiot out there. And, uh, <laughs> I think there's more than one. Know, living, you live in, uh, sorry, <laughs> I said I think there's more than one. <laughs> yeah, there's more, yeah. There's one, more than nine, 19 million in Australia. Mate. So, and I've uh, unfortunately I've encountered just about every one at a show. About <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got to say it's one of my favourite elements of your act is when someone heckles and interrupts you and you just pause and there's just that moment where you just know you're about to school this person. It's always always a treat to watch. It's very satisfying when, when you know that that person eventually will kill themselves. Several of those people have thrown them. Several, several of those people have thrown themselves from the roof of the venue with a little bit of prodding from myself. <laughs> their lives, their lives are in ruins, mate. <laughs> they should heed the warning, you know. Never mess with Tatius. That's that's the that's the thing, and uh, that is something to keep in mind when coming to a Tatius show. You know, if you're game. Now I've got a question for you. Obviously, you you mentioned that you like obviously um, annoying people, having a go at hecklers, all that kind of stuff. Has it ever gone to the point where they've gone, right, I'm going to fight you, and actually have come at, come at you and come on stage? Many, many times. Yeah, and right. I, the most remarkable was it was in a place called Wardell, which is near Ballina, and I, I was about to get divorced, and I'd driven 900 kilometres to get to the show. My wife had told me that she didn't love me anymore, and she loved some, you know, some dropkick somewhere in Maroubra. And uh, so I, I drove up there, and it was a big crowd. It was, um, it was a partly Aboriginal crowd who were my favourite audience, and because they got a, such a terrific sense of humour and the white people so I was given it I was given it to the white people you know ab, you know from an Aboriginal perspective you know you fucking white cunt you know, white. that sort of thing and um, they, uh, so some woman came out of the crowd with a glass of wine and threw it straight at me and as she was walking away I, I kept thinking of my ex-wife and I whacked her at the back of the head and um, I looked to the left and there's this giant brick shithouse coming towards me in slow motion and uh, he just whacked me and he threw me against the glass window of the pub which cracked it was one of those really old pubs 19 or late 19th century pubs and a beautiful glass window which was cracked from top to bottom and then he kept laying into me and the, and the venue manager said i think you might have pushed it a bit too far to <laughs> and uh, and he and, and he didn't stop the guy laying into me so i was in bed for two weeks after that but oh. well, it was worth it i must say <laughs> <laughs> So, have you learnt how to fight? 
I'm a fighter, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you are. Okay. What is it, JUC or something like that? Or, uh, whatever. Uh, no, I can fight, mate. I'm a, I'm a fighter. I uh, uh, look, I'm six foot four, and I don't need to fight, mate, because most people are scared shitless of me. But yeah. and, uh, yeah. but this guy, this guy wasn't, mate. This guy was a plumber or some sort of tradie who'd uh, been working out uh, locally and. Uh, thought that he was uh, Yance Pants and uh, subsequently anyway most people in the town thought I was shit house and he was a, he's, a, he's a hero so there you go that's Australia yeah oh, right wow. speaking of being a fighter now I read that during the Yom Kippur war you actually went to Israel and volunteered is that a true story well I volunteered but I didn't volunteer to fight you know I volunteered to I worked on a kibbutz you know what that is yep yep uh, so I worked on a kibbutz while the people from the kibbutz were out there fighting because it was a very dangerous war the Yom Kippur war yep. it was very dangerous Israel nearly lost that Lost, lost that whole thing there. It was, it was a very, very touch and go. And uh, so a lot, a lot of people volunteered to, to work on the kibbutz while they're uh, while, while the people that were in the kibbutz were out there fighting in the front lines or whatever. So that's about it, mate. It wasn't. I wasn't brave, mate. I wish I was a brave man like yourselves. But um, <laughs> living in Queensland, you need a, you need. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that things are opening back up, Austin, what's the plan? We back on the road doing stand up. Uh, you got more films on the way. Well, what's happening? Well, uh, the doco is just the major thing that we're thinking about at the moment. We just sent it out to Netflix and Amazon and SBS, ABC, etc. And so we'll see what happens with that. And I'm, I'm back on the road in uh, December. I'm going to be at, out, out in uh, Western New South Wales. Yep. And then in uh, January, I'll be working all around Byron Bay. So that's where I usually work during January. And I, I have a holiday up there. And, uh, you know, like that uh, backpacker from uh, the Netherlands, I try to lose myself, you know. So, um, you <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you know, but it's look, it's it's to, it's a totally rewarding job, and having done it now for nearly sixty years, I'm a I'm a happy man. Oh, yeah. that's great to yeah, hear. Yeah, that is that is great to hear. So, have you been going a little bit stir crazy because you haven't been able to piss people off, or have you just been doing it like a, a guy online or like one of those social justice warriors or something? No, no, no. Well, I don't do that, mate. I'm not I'm not a wanker, but uh, <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I, I like to get the Thai girls around here, mate. So uh, that's what's been happening, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like all the confirmed bachelors, uh, I've got two or three hundred girls that come around every day, and uh, they uh, they read to me and stuff like that. So no, it's good. It's a good thing. Well, awesome, mate. We really appreciate your time today. You have yourself a wonderful day, and thank you for joining us. It's a great uh, it's a great show that you have there, mate. And uh, a lot of people have been telling me a lot of. Uh, I mean, uh, Herman Goering would he was he, he loved that. <laughs> and, uh, a lot a lot of a lot of people that I speak to and hang around with, a lot of them re- are real huge fans. Attila the Hun, he was. Um, he was a big fan. Genghis Khan loved it. Yep. And uh, Xi Jinping, the current uh, pre- oh. uh, president of China forever, uh, attacking <laughs> Taiwan and uh, all the other islands and taking over the whole world. He said, uh, he said, oh, yeah, my favourite show, absolutely my favourite show. But, uh, you know, good on you boys. You're doing a good job. You're doing, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping the place alive, you know what I mean? Cheers, well, Austin. And we'll definitely come and support you, when you if you ever make it back to Gladstone in Queensland. Mate, you got to come back. I won't be, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Austin. Uh, you're welcome, you're welcome. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Mate, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. You have a great sense of humour, and that's unusual. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, for anybody that interviews me, usually they go, oh, yeah, you know, how's it going, mate? Yeah, you're still working around, eh? You're still yeah. doing some shows? No, I love your work. Vero and T-Dog, the NRL's loose integrity units. It is the Dummy M Podcast. Make sure when you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that you do give us a subscribe. 
And who's the second nominee this week, T-Dog? The Philadelphia 76ers basketball player, Ben Simmons. Mm, Australian, I'm yes, led to believe. It, well, he actually is, but I'm not sure if he's actually played for Australia yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but no, he, he has pledged his allegiance. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, didn't play in, in the Olympics, chose to sit out that one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if he's actually played for the Boomers. Okay, so he's obviously having some contractual disputes. I got some audio here from KJM Radio in America. We know what happened yesterday. He showed up at the facility. He took his COVID test. He told several staffers that he had uh, some tightness in his back. They did some treatment on it. The medical staff cleared him to, for his individual workout uh, yesterday. He did not do an individual workout. He left the facility. So... You know, it's kind of like the same cycle. And then Philadelphia's front office and uh, they get on the phone with Rich Paul, Ben Simmons, agent, and they sort of have the same conversation they've been having for weeks now, really months in a lot of ways. And so there's a game tonight against the Nets. There's a shoot around this morning. And the expectation is that Ben Simmons was going to come in and they were going to talk more about what the next step is. But the one thing that the Sixers have been consistent with and I think they're going to continue to be consistent with is they're going to push Ben Simmons to be on the court every single day they're going to continue to fine him if he doesn't play in games obviously that's a big number for each game about three hundred and sixty thousand dollars Mate, I just want to point out, is Peter Mizell doing sports coverage now in, uh, <laughs> sounds in America? A little, sounds a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's some big bickies, isn't it? 360 grand a game. A game. Yeah. You know, it takes us three years to earn that. Yeah, well, you for know. me more, yeah. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm sit on this one. Maybe we need to, we, maybe we should have called up our, uh, our mate B.I., mm-hmm. um, the Uber fan, because he is definitely, he's a huge basketball fan. Well, I have an understanding of this. Essentially, he wants to be traded. Yeah, well, my understanding is at the end of last season, <clears throat> it was played out, and I'm pretty sure the coach even came out and said, mm. yeah, yeah, look, we're on board. We'll see what we can get. Yeah. And nothing came of it. Yep. So Ben Simmons has been kicking stones. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't get my way. Yeah. So I'm just not going to play. And it turns out, like most things now, all the dirt, I don't know if you've noticed, has started coming out. So, oh, he's always been like this. You know, he's always been a bit distant. He's always been a bit different, a bit strange. You never hear those stories when they're winning. Yeah. You know, they're on top and top of their game and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, mate, that's that's some – look, I'm sure he's not broke by any means. Yep. But, yeah, big money to miss out on. How does it help your chances of trade – when you act like this, surely mm. the receiving club looks at this and goes, because it's the old saying that how people treat others is how they'll treat you. So he's going to go to this new club and the second that he doesn't get his way, he, we're going to have these tantrums again. So I don't think it helps his case in any way, shape or form. The best thing he can do is get out there, perform well, and you know maybe they make him a better deal or maybe his club gets super excited about having him and they push for him to come. I just don't think this helps him leaving or going. We've had this discussion before about player managers. They mm. mentioned Rich Paul, I think yep. was the gentleman's name. Like, is he just getting bad advice? Mm. Player managers seem to just dominate whatever players do. Yeah. And even you see it in league. Yeah, I just, it's going to be really interesting to play out because I think Ben Simmons was a really big hope for Australian basketball, especially with the Boomers. But yep. we, it turns out we didn't need him. We won bronze yeah. you know, at the last Olympics anyway. Yep. So where he goes, is he going to go at a cut price deal? Now, in American basketball, a cut price deal is probably still like $10 million yeah, a year. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure he's not going to lose out too much. Yep. But we've got other Aussies there you know, beating the drum for, for us. Yeah. Um, Paddy Mills is killing it. 
Uh, there's a new guy just on the scene, Josh Giddy. He's rookie. He's doing great guns as well. So, yeah, I'm really intrigued. But let's face it, Ben Simmons' biggest crime was dating Kendall Jenner. Well, our favourite part of the show is the joke-off. We get two comedians to go head-to-head. I do believe the topic today, Bob Warren is joining us and he's going to be defending the honour of Queensland and defending the honour of New South Wales is comedian Stephanie Broadbridge. Welcome, Stephanie, to The Dummy M. How are you? Good, thanks. Excellent. Now, B-Row, I've got to take you to task there. Mm -hmm. Um, You've referred to Bob Warren as a comedian. He is a genuine uh, media Personality. I don't know if he is actually a comedian. Bob Warren, can you clarify for us what is your actual title? Commentator extraordinaire, fellas. There you go. Commentator extraordinaire, <laughs> my bad. We have commentator extraordinaire versus a stand-up comedian in the joke-off. We have tossed the coin and Bob Warren will be going first. T-Dog, do you want to give us the rules, how it all works? Yep, so essentially it's joke for joke. So Bob Warren being the winner will go first. Stephanie will then follow with hers. We'll go joke for joke for the three jokes and at the end um, I decide the winner. Fantastic. Stephanie, are you okay with all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Excellent. Bob Warren, you ready? 100% guys. Let's go. Okay, (laughs) here we go. Well, clearly, Queensland is the uh, superior state. We've proved it time and time again. And I have to say, in New South Wales, I mean, just what a crap hole, honestly. 809,952 kilometres square. Right? That's a huge number, isn't it? 809,952. That's exactly the same as their COVID numbers for today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't really write anything good about New South Wales. I just shout on Queensland. Good. So let's go. So from the state whose most notable people are the poo joggers and Chappelle Corby, a guy who pooed on a sidewalk and a woman who tried to bring drugs into a bogan holiday destination. Only in Queensland would you shit where you run and run drugs where you shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Nice work there. I have to say uh, I'm very proud to be a Queenslander and uh, living up here these days. uh, Used to live down in Juneau, but... uh, have uh, resided up here for quite some time. Uh, I just I just couldn't stand New South Wales. I had to get out because uh, I couldn't really stand to be in a state that was run by a bin chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Queensland for schoolies. Schoolies is popular in Queensland, uh, and it's the only time of year that Queensland is populated by people who have finished their HSC. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bob Warren. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I am very proud to be in Queensland. Um, you know, we, we've been very lucky to uh, to have beautiful things like bananas. You know, and they call us the banana bender. We've got we've got great things in Queensland and great symbols that stand for what we are. And uh, I just think about New South Wales, and one of their symbols is the blue groper, which is what Queenslanders has referred to Jared Hayne in an orange jersey for a long time. <laughs> Uh, I like that he owns it. We call them a bunch of benders. That's important. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, people say it's called Queensland because it's full of queens, you know, but I think that's completely inappropriate. It should be called Cuntsland. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great job. Okie dokie. T-Dog. What do you think? Great job, both of you. Hands down today, Stephanie's the winner. I I loved all three of your jokes, Stephanie. I think there's nothing more appreciative than your own state being made fun of. Absolutely. So I did appreciate that. Bob, I do appreciate your time, of course. I'm sorry we interrupted you you, during your busy drinking time. But yes, today's winner, Stephanie. Congratulations, Stephanie. Well done. Oh, thank you. Another great northern, please. 
Stephanie, I'd just like to say congratulations and uh, enjoy your lockdown like Dennis Ferguson in a school district. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Dummy M. When you're on Facebook, check us out at the Drunken Sober Chronicles. And our third nominee, mate, who would that be? Jordan Rapana or Rapana, depending on who you believe or how they pronounce it, but we'll go with Rapana. Okay, Rapana. Now, he has got himself into a little bit of strife with the law. What's he done? He uh, got caught drink driving. Mm, about, that, twice, about twice the limit, I believe. Uh, 0.098. Yeah, yeah, so yep. pretty close to twice the legal yep. limit. Yep. Owned it. Yep. Just said, yeah, I had a few beers, jumped behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like some, you know, everyday Australians do, take the risk, see if they get caught, and it turns out he did. Okay, so he had to pay a $500 fine. So he went to court, he's lost his licence for three months. Yep. And naturally, there's the talk that the NRL are now going to sanction him and do all this. But I think with all the NRL sanctions that it ends up sort of being anywhere between like five and eight thousand dollars, which is really nothing. They they just sort of slap him on the wrist a little bit. Don't it's they? a ma- it's a match payment. Let's face yeah, it. Yeah. Probably actually for Jordan Rupp and I, it might actually be less than a match payment. Yeah, right. But yeah, they're, they're slaps on the wrist. If you're going to be serious, yep. you 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 whack them with some big fines. You know, we looked at that Cameron Munster one. They've withheld it was a fine of $100,000, but he only had to pay 30 up front. And I think the 100000 is sitting there in case he does something stupid again. So ba- bank on round two. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> yeah, round what, do you, what do you mean in case of? <laughs> yeah. So bank on round two next year. <laughs> um, you know they can spend that money now because oh, he's, not, he's yeah, never that, getting it back. Exactly yeah, yeah. right, exactly yeah. right. So, yeah, I, I don't know what... This is definitely not the crime of the century. Mm. He got caught doing something stupid, mm-hmm. silly. Yes, it's against the law. I'm just going to hate to be the guy that's got to take him to training every day. Yeah. You know, imagine being that guy. Yeah. And it turns out, I think he won the award for being Canberra's best player yep. this year as well. So he had a good year on the field. So it's a little bit disappointing that this sort of just takes some mm. some taint off it, you know? Yeah. It's like you said, though, they are caged animals. Yeah. Like once the season ends and they sort of don't have handlers around them, it's no. like they don't have adults helping them make good decisions and they lose that good influence of the club and the consistency of being having to be at training and having to be at the game. Yeah. And yeah, they sort of go a little bit off the deep end. Which is great for our show, don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. You know, like the dummy M off season's been league every week. It's been fantastic. Well, the funny thing, this happened in Queensland. Yeah, so undoubtedly since the, since the season has finished, all these guys have just been hanging around in Queensland where we've been free. Yeah. You know, for six or eight weeks, Raiders didn't make the finals, so about eight weeks, ten yep. weeks. So they've probably been out partying all the time. Yeah. And now the pre-season training, training has started. Yep. So they're probably just getting one last session in. Yeah. And now they're back into the bubble. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I think it's inevitable, though, because, like, Nature abhors a vacuum because the Raiders got rid of Curtis Scott, who was a complete snapperhead, you know. <laughs> and sure enough, now he's kind of this guy's kind of popped his head up, so <laughs> bound to happen. And now it's time to talk some hijinks. Game on, boys. Exciting news for us this week, T Dog. I actually started an Instagram page for the Dummy M podcast. Mate. You are just going to waste your life now flicking through everyone's... No. No? No. No. So why'd you start then? No, no, no. I'd go with and put memes there. Okay. And I'll put stuff about the the show there. Yeah, okay. But no. No, no. you're not interested in... I I literally log on to social media, post the stuff for the show... And then... And then I'm pretty much out. Yeah. I don't really... There's a slight lie. I then go to my personal page and I look for the very first picture of... Because I'm in like five Eva Green fan pages. Because I love Eva Green. She's just gorgeous. And essentially, I wait till I see my first Eva Green picture and I click like, then I get out. Yeah, right. That's what I do. I'm I'm, I'm not a person who spends a lot of time on these things. 
But anyway, Dummy and Podcast on Instagram. We've got one follower. Big thank you to Mick Meredith there. Yes. Um, so hopefully we can slowly, Start building, slowly yeah. build that up. I'm just putting memes there and stuff about the podcast and that's it. Yeah, okay, because when you threw the out, you actually asked me if yeah. I'm on Instagram. Yeah, because I was hoping we'd have two followers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went, no, I'm on Twitter, but not Instagram. Yeah. Instagram's just something I've never been able to um, understand, but I think I'm officially reaching that old, yeah. uncool... I don't get what the kids are doing these yeah, days, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. no. I, I'm a late adopter to all those technologies. Yeah, yeah. Like I am. I'm on Instagram now. now like I, I, I'm always behind the time. But anyway, on Facebook at The Drunk and Sober Chronicles, we do ask people to give us their thoughts on our nominees for the week. And Sandy said, Simmons is a spoiled brat, got too much money. Ricky said, Simmons. It's difficult to understand what's going on there. Brian said, Rapinar. John said, I'm going to go for Abdo here for not making COVID shots mandatory, if only for giving himself more work to do. I mean, how are you supposed to keep track of who's vaccinated and who isn't? It would be a nightmare. Sounds like you're arguing against yourself yeah, that, there, John. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. And Wayne said, seems if you're a sport player in Australia, border lockdowns and vaccinations are just a vague suggestion. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay, thank you to all those people who voted. Yeah, definitely. T-Dog, you are the one who makes this decision, though. Who is our dummy M winner of the week? Yeah, I was, I was thinking initially the NRL, but your argument... I, Against it actually mm. solved me. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it needs to be pushed back on the clubs. Rappenard, not the crime of century. So this week, it is definitely Ben Simmons. Yep. The only thing more Australian he could start doing is making sure that if they've got a game on a Monday that he calls in sick. See, you know, that, that's the thing he's got Because he'll do. probably still get paid yeah. if he jokes a sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, T-Dog, Melbourne Cup's coming up. Do you like a bit of a punt yourself? No, I'm actually not because I'm the worst punter ever. Well, you are in luck because <laughs> I have one of my good friends on the line. We have Ron, who worked for Liquor and Gaming for eight days. But he has been a lifelong punter. He's the first person I ever knew who had a phone tab account. Like, I thought it was like the future, like science fiction when I saw it. I couldn't believe it. But young Ron joins us to give us his tips, mate. Ron, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. And thank you for mentioning my time at Liquor and Gaming. In eight days, I achieved all I needed to achieve. Turned that place around. Uh, so I'm happy you mentioned that. Did you get the job there because they like just looked at your receipts? Like, they just went, like they did it, they went through all the records in New South Wales and went, who spent the most? Who's gambled the most? It's Ron. Yeah, well, yeah you know, you've got to do it to uh, be part of it. And uh, I have a bit of experience. Now, Ron, I was a bit concerned uh, when B Row mentioned that we were giving you a call. It's midday here, which is one o'clock, obviously, your time. I was thinking to myself, I wonder if Ron's out of bed. But it actually turns out, not only are you out of bed, we've actually called you at a bus stop. That's correct. And, and despite the rumours, I didn't sleep here last night. <laughs> Ron, I always take my tips from someone who catches buses everywhere. So, mate, uh, obviously, you've had a successful run of bets lately. You had to sell the car. Mate, tell us all about your pick for the Melbourne Cup, because we're going to put, let's, 20 bucks? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. we'll do it. Well, T-Dog and it, I yeah. are going to put 20 bucks on your prediction, so you tell us who to bet on. Well, mate, as you know, I've done some quite extensive research. I've spoken to trainers, uh, jockeys. Do they also uh, owners, catch the bus? Opinionated drunks. <laughs> no pile of horse manure has been left unturned. Okay. And the winner will be, and as, as I advise you, gamble responsibly. So I advise you to empty your bank accounts, max out your credit cards, pawn your rings, deal, borrow. Uh, Caulfield Cup winner incentivized will be winning this year's Melbourne Cup. Okay. I okay. mean, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Okay. So we're putting 20 on incentivized. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, I was going to say, Ron, now, of course, this we've got audio proof of this now. 
So when we call you back next week after Incentivise <laughs> probably runs dead last and has to be put down, what are we? Where do we go from there? Uh, look, uh, guys, I, I may, uh, yeah, I may be able to put a few business propositions towards you. Uh, <laughs> uh, real estate in the cold case we may want to talk about. Um, the, the bus is literally turning up, and I've got to jump on without paying somehow. <laughs> okay. So it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you no for worries, your time, Ron. Ron. Thanks for your time, mate. <laughs> Well, T-Dog, we have to remember to put that 20 bucks on Incentivise. Yes. That has to happen. And we'll obviously check in next week's show. We'll, yep. We'll, we'll, the Melbourne Cup will run, and we'll see how our $20 went. Yeah, and we'll see if Ron's upgraded from the bus to a cab. Yeah, you know, yeah, Or yeah. if he's actually walking. He's actually gone backwards. Now, should we actually, if the horse wins, should we call him? Absolutely. And if the horse loses, should we also call him? Yes. And do you think he'll avoid our call? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll – I think either way he will, because one, he'll be embarrassed if it doesn't win. And then if it does, you know he's going to put a lot of money on it, and so he'll probably be too rich for us to yeah. – like he won't deal with us anymore. Yeah. But no, yeah. we'll give him a call. Have yeah, a absolutely. I think we should definitely do that. Yep, mate. And five weeks counting down for bub number two? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Five weeks to go due date. Only 3% of babies are actually born on their due date, oh, so okay. I'm not expecting bub to be born on, on the due date. But, yeah, we're, we're five weeks – to go now. I tell me, Audrey, how close was she to her her birthday? Four days. She came four days late. Okay, four days. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, so pretty close. Yeah, yeah, close. Yeah, exactly. I think once you get to about ten days, they're like, no, we need to induce. Yeah, That's, wow. Yeah, so everything's looking great for the moment. We still yep. don't know the sex. Yep. So it'll be a surprise on the day. I flip flop so much. Yep. Between what sex I was sold on a girl initially, then I went to a boy for about three weeks, and now I'm back to a girl. Yeah, okay. If you ask Audrey though. Boy, we're having a brother. Oh. Yeah, according to according to Audrey. And, um, you know, I'm probably at that anxious point now mm. where I know it's happening. Yep. I just don't know what life's going to be like having a second one because yeah. it's very different second time around when you've got a toddler. Yeah, okay. First time, you can just focus on, yeah. like, I can just focus on my wife, making sure she was all good, you know, getting her through that. But now, while she's sick and struggling, you've got this toddler yeah. who's dealing with her own emotions. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a... I wouldn't trade it for the world, yep. but as I mentioned at the start, I have enjoyed some alone time, <laughs> some yeah, yeah. me time this week. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So two babies in the house, well, a toddler and a baby yeah. in the house. Mate, you're going to get some cobwebs on that PlayStation. Oh, <laughs> that's why it is copping a hammering at the moment. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure as soon as I leave here, I'll be firing it up again. Excellent. <laughs> well, Mick Meredith is a great friend of the show, and he donates a song to us every fortnight. And this is one of my favourites. I know I say that pretty much about all yeah. of his songs because I do love his songs. Mate, they're brilliant. Yeah, they, they're they're honest, I've been a big fan of Mick Meredith yep. since he was on the footy show. Yeah. And um, even the little songs he did back then were gold. But these songs are really good. Oh, this is this is a short one, but it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, now if you want to check out Mick's catalogue, make sure you go to mickmeredith.bandcamp.com. And this one is called Country Song. Take it away, Mick. I got strained muscles from cow milk and my lady said she'd come over to rub some cream in. But we got naked and it led to another thing. Our love making was really great. I want to run straight down to the pub and tell them my mates. But things went bad and now I tell you of my fate. Sorry. 
is not a lubricant And KY jelly, well, it don't fix muscle strain And love making just ain't the same